Praise God. <laughs> Amen. I love the gentle as doves realm. Only when we're wise as serpents. Amen. Have you absorbed all the wisdom of the devils? Are you wise as serpents yet? Wise as devils? Religion keeps you dumb. Wisdom gets you smart. Smart as Satan's. But we don't obey that red letter. Just give us some fluff. Alrighty then. <laughs> Greetings, devils of hell. How you guys doing today? <laughs> Ready for some devilry? You bunch of snakes. See, the only difference between Jesus and the brood of vipers is that he knew he was a viper. And he sacrificed his serpent nature to the Father while the others were in denial that I am not a snake and therefore were the brood of vipers. It's the denial of the serpent nature that makes you the most evil, self-righteous, prideful people on the planet. Amen. Well, that's pretty basic understanding right there. And 21 people just had their heads fall off. <laughs> I was talking to a sister tonight in the glory. And she says, man, I'm so glad you're redeeming the serpent nature because one time as I slept, I literally shed a whole layer of skin like a snake. So um, you're right at home now. You found the promised land. You're a true member of Joel's army. I used to want to try to cast that out of people, but God said there's a cold that he accepts. <laughs> we were so deceived in religion, even last week, if you're honest with yourself. Major, major pride that keeps us totally blind. Praise God. Ha 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 ha. Love you, Jesus. Love you guys. Isn't the cross awesome? Serpents that fall in love with the cross, becoming brass poles through their heart and blood. Big difference between a brass pole externally. You guys ready for some teaching from the Lord Jesus? Alrighty then. Glory. There's a big difference between an external brass or bronze pole, because brass is actually a less valuable metal than bronze, very similar, almost interchangeable, but bronze is a much harder copper metal. Brass is a more soft, pliable metal and has less value than bronze. So it's the spirit was teaching me on bronze versus brass, whatever. I barely even listened. Because I'm a know-it-all. <laughs> Holy Ghost, I already knew that. Shut up, boy. You got more pride than Lucifer. <laughs> I don't want to fall again. Hallelujah. Righteous man falls seven times and gets back up again. Hallelujah. If you're not falling, guess what? You're not rising. Because the grace of the Lord Jesus is for your falls. And it's pride that says, I didn't fall. I didn't lust. I didn't commit adultery, Jesus. I mean, like, how many times per day have you lusted in your heart and committed adultery? How many times per day have you been jealous of your brother or sister in Christ or in the world? How many times have you held animosity or any kind of anger or bitterness or rage towards someone else. I mean, it's not a matter if you're a murderer or adulterer. It's just like 
the measurement right now. Like, you are all total filthy scoundrels. <laughs> and, the, and the glorified ones of you are the ones that totally know that. The ones of you are in denial are Pharisees. A Pharisee is someone who's in denial of their serpent nature, of what they actually are in the knowledge of good and evil in Jannies and Jambres. Like, I'm not in Listen, guys, the only one not involved in good and evil is Jesus crucified to death. That's the only measure of divinity you have coursing through your veins and arteries right now. And if you have that coursing through your veins and arteries right now, you're walking in unconditional love, so you're not critical of any other snake in the garden. Because you know what it took to walk in love. It took grace and the absorption of your good and evil nature, your Sodom and Egypt nature, where our Lord was crucified. Sodom, the knowledge of evil. Egypt, the knowledge of good, the knowledge of self-righteousness. So the cross absorbs the two cities of good and evil. Aren't you happy about it? Why did God allow the enemy to build up all his stuff constantly, like in every generation? Because it embodies the curse and then through the blood absorbs the poison then it's like thanks Canaanites I'll take that promised land but unless the bronze pole rises in the flesh and blood of your heart you absorb no evil so if you're in the accuser syndrome you're actually shutting down the inheritance for the absorption of the bronze serpent the bronze serpent absorbed the poison of the serpents. It absorbs the poison of Sodom, rebellion, and it absorbs the poison of Egypt, religion. It's the place of pride and lust. Those are the two realms and the two cities mentioned in scripture for the kingdom of Satan and his angels, the kingdom of good and evil. Both of them get absorbed into the brass or the bronze serpent in the New Jerusalem for those who have been transformed by his cross. So your inheritance is the absorbing of wickedness. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. How did he take him away? He absorbed them into his flesh. The scapegoat, they laid hands on its head. It absorbed all the sins of the people, slit its throat, spilled the blood on the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Let's go another year of sin. That's how it went for thousands of years. Now Jesus, our Passover lamb, has been crucified once and for all. So by faith, the application of the seven spirits of God put the power of his blood inside your blood and absorb the sins of your neighbors. It's called agape love. So real love is not being nice to people. That's brotherly love. Any animal can do that. You don't need Jesus for that. You, you don't need him to come and die on the cross for any of that. That's old covenant nonsense. It's total blasphemy, actually. Agape love is the absorption of your neighbor's darkness. So the more wicked your neighbor is, the greater potential you actually have for love. So how blessed are you when you're married to a total Jezebel? Oh, that's, now let's get practical here. How blessed are you when you're married to a murderer? When you're married to an adulterer? When you're married to the greatest wickedness so that nothing is on them but on you to transform and, and absorb their wickedness in the bronze serpent? And if you can't do it, it's because you're not actually mature in Christ crucified and you're still a baby Christian who's judging critical and looking at the specks and planks and others and using it as evidence in the courtroom of your heart to condemn them because they're not good enough to be saved according to your self-righteousness. Who are the Pharisees now? We are! We are the Pharisees! It's true, the leaven leavened the whole lump long, long ago before you were born. You are born total hypocrites from birth. That's the human nature. So the divine nature is learning how to not be a hypocrite slowly but surely. It's not an issue of, 
all Christians are hypocrites, so they don't go to church. It's an issue of you're born hypocrites, and no one is even capable of being good except Christ, who was crucified. And so when you're crucifying your nature, your serpent nature, your flesh nature, your blood nature, your brain, and all the abilities of the human serpent reptilian brain that you are born with in original sin, as you crucify it, guess what happens? Jesus is fully formed in you to absorb all the wickedness of the people. So when Enoch says for a far off and remote generation, for when all the wicked are to be removed, guess where they go? The same place the poison went with Moses. Where'd the poison go? Into the bronze serpent. No, where does it go? It gets transmutated. I mean, the energy changes because of the perfection of his blood that is manifest now by the person of the Holy Spirit in the whole planet Earth and in the heavens and under the earth, everywhere, in all creation. So there's no place you can escape from the power of the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. It will transmute anything. All that the seven spirits of God are waiting for is someone to be enthroned in the Lamb and participate with His divine nature, which is what? Being a scapegoat. So, we have the twin serpents, which are the twin cities. This is what the Spirit's been showing me the last couple days. And you say, oh, we got Minneapolis is the biggest train wreck on the planet, the most embarrassing city in the world. It's been a freak show on the front lines of global newspapers for like 10 years. Like, what the heck is wrong with these apes? You are so blessed to live amongst such wickedness. I have never understood the potential possibility of the serpent nature greater than today, of how blessed we are. And the reason why the wickedness grew along was because of our own self-righteousness. See, the fallen angels in the human nature are only capable of good cities and bad cities. Neither of them are Christ cities. So you have red cities and blue cities, you have knowledge of good cities, you have the Republican good cities, you have the Democrat bad cities, and they're both equally wicked. Yes, completely and totally wrong, because they're both human. What is about to change is the nature of Christ fully formed in some prophetic people that matured past the level of Bob Jones and Bobby Connor into realms of the serpent seraphim nature of the bronze serpent that absorbs the good cities and the bad cities called Sodom and Egypt where our Lord was crucified to produce the new Jerusalem. Then you'll have unity not based on politics or religion of the fallen angels or <laughs> seriously of religion. What is your goodness based on if it's not the cross? Satan. That's what's wrong with you. That your goodness, the only thing wrong with you is your goodness is based on Satan. Satan is an angel of light that deceives. A principality of the power of air. What kind of air is that? The air of pride and self-righteousness into your nostrils. When you understand the serpent nostrils, you're not breathing the air of pride anymore. Crucified on a pole. Hallelujah. Can you put your serpent nostrils on a stake and impale them? Can you be a great snake that everyone looks upon and all the wickedness in their bones gets absorbed into Christ formed in your spinal cord? In your 33 vertebrae, the tree of life, the cross and its power to absorb the sins of the people as an actual scapegoat, as an actual Christian that can transmute wickedness into righteousness through the blood of your own personal cross. You understand that's called apostolic Christianity. Yay. So we're advancing beyond the prophetic into the apostolic now. These are actual apostolic foundations just the very beginning of Moses and the Lamb Moses and the Lamb Revelation 15 you can read it for yourself later on not just Moses you need the Lamb too it's called apostolic Christianity 
You will never have apostolic Christianity without Moses. It's not possible. It's written in the New Testament. You will never have apostolic Christianity without the Lamb. What do you need? What was Moses? The serpent. What was Jesus? The Lamb. So it fulfills the bronze pole, the bronze serpent. You could say the serpent lamb of bronze. Where, where are the bronze in Revelation 1? Your boots that trample the what? The snake underfoot, fulfilling prophecy to Eve, which was evil, the knowledge of evil that turned into Eve Olution. From the first Adam to the second Adam, and so the atomic makeup of your very DNA gets transmutated from darkness into light by the forgiveness of sins. And so the very thing that you attacked your whole life as evil is now absorbed into the Christ nature in your bones and in your blood and in your brains and in your hearts and in your organs and every single part of you head to toes actually works as a filtration system to cleanse the world from good and evil. So right now at the climax of the ages, you have all the cities of the world that are good or evil. And America's the forerunner and the pioneer and the trailblazer. So you can see the red cities and the blue cities. And the red cities are so self-righteous. We are right and you are wrong. In the natural realm, that's true. But as right as you are, without the Lord Jesus crucified, you'll still be a total self-righteous Pharisee and actually just a good snake. And your good serpent nature is twice as evil as the evil serpent nature of the mafia. So you're actually more evil than the people you're accusing. And so you're not going to have permanent breakthrough until you get into the center snake. Out of the twin serpents, the twin cities, into the center city the center snake, which is New Jerusalem, which is the nature of the Lamb. Okay? Jesus was crucified between twin cities, between two thieves. Right? That's right. And that erected bronze pole absorbed all their stuff. You know, if Jesus created hell, where do you think the bad thief went? Don't you think the bad thief was down there? Jesus said, I'll see you in paradise. Where do you think you saw the other thief? Tartarus. He went there too. He went into all the lowest regions of hell. So he saw the good thief that was just one level down in Abraham's bosom. Then he saw the bad thief that was all the way down because he denied him face to face in the blood realm. <laughs> he denied him on the throne of the Lamb. He denied him on the cross. So that's throne room betrayal, throne room glory denial. So that'll put you in the lowest region of hell. That'll put you in Tartarus. He still went down there. I guarantee you, he saw the other thief. <laughs> and guess what he did? Mutilated their sin. Mutilated it. So that the power of sin and the power of death and the power of the accuser, Hebrew word Satan, was defeated at the cross. So you could no longer use good or evil in the courtroom against any human being if a person is in Christ. Doesn't work. Now outside of Christ and in false religion and paganism, it'll work because you're practicing magic arts, which is mirages. You're practicing falsehood. So there is an aspect of the false prophet that makes it worse work and worse, out of brain power that is not the true prophetic because it's not the testimony of Jesus. It's not the spirit of prophecy. It's just witchcraft that all of you are coming out of in major, major amounts. The truth is the prophetic people are the greatest practitioners of magic arts in the world. And that's why you hear them talking about magic all the time because <laughs> they're not even denying it anymore. But magic is demonic activity. And it's really not redeemable, but there is grace for growth. And even though they manifest constantly as they grow, there's grace for manifestations. Our manifestations are always evolving. The hoeing, the woeing, the holy, the shaking, the baking, the quaking, the rolling on the ground, 
all the uncontrollable outbursts of laughter, the joy will be ever increasing, but how it manifests through you will always evolve and change forever. You're not going to be the same joker. <laughs> you're not going to be the same goofy child. And it's okay when you're goofy. The father loves you the same as if you're a Melchizedek or a mature son of God frolicking like a unicorn through heaven. It's not about the outward appearance. It's not about the judging of the mannerisms. It's about the evolution of the second Adam in the heart. <laughs> it's about the ascension of the bronze serpent in the blood of your heart. That's what will change your mannerisms because as that creature forms in you called the seraphim of Yahweh, Jesus is a seraph. Jesus is a cherub. In the Old Testament, he's called the angel of the Lord. What is the angel of the Lord? It's Jesus Christ pre-incarnate. Now, what is the angel of the Lord? He is fully cherubim and he is fully seraphim. That's where all the angels came from. And the angels been growing and learning and they're all different sizes. All the stars of the heavens shine in different degrees. But they all came from the Creator, the angel of the Lord, and his name is Jesus Christ. And there's just no denying that in any dimension of any creature, good, bad, evil, or ugly. It just doesn't even matter what people think. It's total sovereignty. And if you're in that angelic dimension, they will treat you like an angel. They treat you like angels yet? Everywhere you go, do the demons talk to you like you're an archangel? Keep growing. They will. They'll speak to you in demonic tongues. They'll go full Moloch and owl necks and people's heads will turn around and talk to you because they see you in angelic form. They see you in the spirit constantly. Even before you see yourself in the spirit, the demons the one-third that fell, see you angelically. That's what's so crazy is they're defeated at the cross and you have the cross in you. And if you actually, if your mind is renewed to what you are in spirit and in blood of the divine royal race that created the heavens and the earth with a whisper, see, what they do is they take the seven sons of Sceva and they say, do you know who you are? Jesus, I know, Paul, I've heard about, but who are you? They asked sincerely, do you know who you are yet? And when they saw that the seven sons of Sceva had no confidence, they turned on him. One young boy, by the way, it was a young boy, turned on seven grown men, beat them up bloody, and they ran away naked and bleeding, the scripture says. What the heck? How can a little demon beat up seven grown men? They didn't know who they were in Christ. Oh my gosh. They didn't understand the divine nature, the angelic nature, because it's angel on angel. You're still every day seraph and seraph, serpent and serpent, angel and angel, and your flesh and blood has dominion, but you don't use it. So you get oppressed by fallen angels that are way weaker than you. Like... The Egyptian taskmasters, the Egyptian slave drivers, just whipping the Israelites that are stronger, richer, wiser. They have the divine DNA. They have the covenant promises. They literally have everything, but they've yielded to little tiny snakes. Oh my gosh. Isn't that true with the Christians nowadays? I know it's changing. It's not the same as it used to be we've come a long ways this year in growing and maturing there's no doubt about it it's really encouraging to see how much the bride has matured globally even in america this year it's very encouraging the issue is you're still babies and you think you're mature but you're not you've barely even embraced the seraph nature of christ and what's the difference with me? I was preaching on the red dragon as Jesus 12 years ago. That's the only difference between you and me is I'm about 12 years ahead of you. <laughs> and the, what that did was allow me to embrace the seraph nature at a deeper level of my heart and mind through over a decade of experience of having this revelation. This isn't a new revelation to me, but when we follow the Holy Spirit, 
it develops and guess what happens it's no longer just in my head where i'm hearing from the holy spirit and and testing it in the scriptures but i put it into the natural realm and it becomes flesh and blood the word made flesh living epistles read of all men so that these things that seem far out are actually quite old to me and have been tested in my life for over a decade and that's why we went so far ahead even in the theology 10, 12, 13 years ago because I knew I didn't have it in my flesh yet, but these are the realms of the promised land that he was showing me as a prophet foreseeing the future. So I had to speak them the things that are not as though they are and decree a thing, therefore it shall be established. Write down the word of God and make it plain to the people so that they can have vision and understanding and then a path will be set before them of clarity as you walk out the words you have spoken in the past years that's what sapphire stones are that's what moses's sapphire pavement is that he was speaking the things that were not as though they were before they happened and then walked out on them and then everyone in israel followed moses which is how it should be because moses and the lamb are playing their harps in revelation 15. You're never going to be more advanced than Moses. You're never going to be more advanced than the Lamb. They're already 100% on the top of Calvary in the city of New Jerusalem waiting for us. Okay? You could say Moses and the Lamb are the pioneers of your salvation. Because <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and it's written in the Word. You can't do it with the other one or the other. You can't do them without why you have to fulfill the law the law is so important for grace <laughs> people are so hard on moses but without moses grace wouldn't even work the law condemns and then the grace glorifies you from a condemned animal state the law turned you into animals aren't you happy about it? i'm happy about it days of noah if you're not turned into an animal, you can't enter the ark, people. If you're in denial of your beast nature, if you're in denial that you've already long ago been born with the mark of the beast in your forehead and your hand, you're like, I'm not a beast. You're dumber than a beast and a chimpanzee smarter than you. That's the truth. And that's saying it gently because it's true. The issue is you've all fully been beast from birth. And only in the embrace of the beast nature can there be an animal sacrifice of your flesh and blood to enter the ark of his cross and transform into the angelic version of your beast nature. See, all the animals are in heaven in angelic form. Have you, have you understood that yet? <laughs> you have the living creatures, the hoofed uh, living creatures. They have hooves, they have lions, they have tails. They have, just talking about Revelation Chapter 9, there's scorpions, there's snakes, all that stuff, and all that stuff will be redeemed too. Coming out of the bottomless pit with woman's hair, with tails like scorpions, so that the armies of hell transform by the cross into the armies of heaven? I mean, isn't that your testimony? Weren't you once a total demon? I know you were. <laughs> half of you still are. <laughs> Amen. And the other half are in denial. Holy Ghost, to the devils of hell, it's a beautiful thing. Hallelujah. It's wonderful when we get wisdom, isn't it? Yep, embracing our beast nature and transforming into fire snakes with wings. Oh, yeah. Don't you love mature Christianity? All 45 of you. <laughs> it's okay. Very few are chosen because very few want to actually transform because everyone else is in denial of their true flesh and blood beast nature because they live in a facade what does the bible say about those outside the sacrificial city of new jerusalem they love the lie they love the lie that i'm not an animal that i'm not a serpent that i'm not a mark of a beast that i'm not a false prophet that i'm an accurate truth speaking total fool <laughs> beast false prophet red dragon thrown into the lake of fire what does it mean devoured into your belly by understanding transformation of calvary 
Wow. The bigger devil you were in Satan, the bigger devil you are in Jesus Christ. And by devil, I mean seraphim. You understand the word devil actually comes from the understanding of the Hebrew word of fire serpent, fire snake, or devil. Hell itself is the realm of the seraph. Is God not sovereign in hell? Psalms 139 says, Even if you make your bed in hell, I am there. What is the I am who's there? In hell. How could you be tormented in hell unless the I am was there? How is the I am tormenting evil in hell? By the devils of hell, by the seraphim of God. So what was Satan's playground in Satan's heaven turns into hell by your transformation of the cross, taking your beast nature, putting it on the altar before his throne, and transforming into a new creature, transforming into the devils of hell. Oh, that'll get them. Watch the Pharisees go wild now. You feel the fire burning in your ears? How can I transform into the devil of hell? To them you are the devil, because it's written in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. To the dying, we are the fragrance of death. We are the fragrance of death. We are hell and we are devils. Truth and hell. To the good and evil, we are hell and we are devils. To everyone who's good and to everyone who's evil, we are their hell and we are their devils. And the bronze serpent can extract the poison of their good and evil and transform them into the seraph fire nature and the lake of fire will grow. Don't you want to throw the beast, the red dragon, and the false prophet into the lake of fire? This is what I'm preaching on today. This is Moses and the Lamb, apostolic foundations. We've never heard this before. I know you barely even had the prophetic. God wants to push the envelope and bring in the apostolic. <laughs> it's true. So you have all these prophecies that when the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, the apostles, the chieftains, will be released. You know, it's funny. I was around Bob Jones for about a decade, and I watched him attack the fulfillment of his own prophecies. I honor him. I love him. He's in the cloud of witnesses. He's helped me many times since he's passed. But he'd be the first one to tell you that he did not understand how his own prophecies were fulfilled in this generation. Because prophets don't fulfill prophecies. They just prophesy. Apostles fulfill prophecies. The apostolic fulfills the prophetic. Without the apostolic, you'll have every prof prophecy, every prophetic word spoken on this planet just hanging in the air, suspended in the air, under the prince of the power of the air. Because no one has become a devil of hell, a seraphim, of the fire serpent Jesus, the King of the Jews, to fulfill a single prophecy down here until they become the bad guy, until they become the man. What did Miriam, the bride, say about her husband? You are a bloody man, Moses. Called him the devil. You studied out. The wife of the apostle accused Moses of being Satan. And then he came down the mountain with, what does the Bible say? Horns of appearance. Horn-like appearance. So now he's the devil with horns. In the Bible, if you read it. What the heck? So you're telling me all of the paranoia of these stupid little fallen angels on planet Earth were to keep you out of the Moses realm of becoming devils of hell? That's right. All your fake, phony, false, Freemason, f Luciferian, crazy, immature, niceness Christianity was to keep you out of the apostolic. That was the main number one goal of the defeated, tiny, fallen angels this entire time. Holy Ghost. They just wanted to keep you from the apostolic. <laughs> so, we had a friend that went over to Italy. And while he was in the Vatican, he, he bought me 
Moshe, M-O-S-H-E, which is like Hebrew for Moses, Moshe. And this statue, I don't know if it's by Michelangelo, I think it is. And he gave it to me. And it was Moses with big freaking horns coming out of his forehead. I had it, it was like 12 years ago. They probably threw it away. Someone probably thought it was demonic and threw it away. We've had so many hundreds of people through this house just gutting it and taking whatever they wanted season after season. And it's been really good. But we had Moshi with the horns a very long time ago given to us as a gift set on the mantle for five years or something we used to have so much prophetic junk in this house from all the prophetic stuff people give me I mean you, you come in here it'd be like a prophetic museum I've hardly bought a single thing in this whole house it was all just people donating prophetic stuff to try to like speak into their life and it was wonderful we've remodeled it numerous times since then numerous times cleaned it out and just changed the shelves changed the appearance this is the biggest change ever in this year the best one yet but we've done a dozen times since we moved in and I remember the horn-like appearance and you know when Mary heard the mysteries of Jesus the Bible says that she treasured these things in her heart what does that mean she couldn't comprehend them when that horn like Moses was given to me 12 years ago from the Vatican I couldn't comprehend the horns of Moses I didn't have the wisdom I could have all of the logic I had five years of Bible college of spending 10,000 hours in the Bible I, you know in the the most highly ranked Bible college in the assemblies of God in the United States of America North Central University I mean it was incredible learning of scripture it was incredible theology I mean perfect theology perfect doctrine it was amazing Pentecostal perfection it couldn't help me with one drop of Moses with horns you know Moses has horns you read it in the scriptures a hundred times you studied it in Hebrew Latin and Greek but you don't have the experience and so you're still a fool you're still a fool so what can a fool do when he's given such incredible revelation all a fool can do is treasure it in their heart so that's what I did is put it in my heart I knew it was pr prophetic I knew it was prophecy I knew it was important but you can't do anything with it until a later season that after it's put in your heart as treasure it grows up through the brain and into the blood as power this is the season and the hour of power where all those things that we've treasured in our heart as far too high for us. What does Daniel chapter 7 says? These things that passed through my mind were too high for me and I comprehended them not. And they scared me. They were too high. Wow. They're not too high for me. They're too high for you. They need to be too high for you. Otherwise, you're still in fallen angel pride and that's most of your problems right now. They're too high for you. You need to go lower in his death. You need to go lower in his blood, his trail of blood. When the earth quaked, the rocks split open. The water didn't pour out, the blood poured down. This ain't Old Testament right now. I'm talking about New Testament. When Jesus died on the cross, the earth quaked on the rock, Skull Hill, a big rock. Split the rock and the blood went right down. And the blood went right under the mercy seat the blood went right into hell into the center of the skull into the center of the earth mm-hmm so your blood has to go down before it goes up and that's where you miss it that's why treasuring things in our hearts is practically unknown amongst Christians we just want it in our heads instead of our hearts because we're not willing to go down into our own blood through the splitting of the rock What's the splitting of your rock? Counting your head as death. The place of death is your skull. And you have to split your skull supernaturally by faith and count the realm of the dead of your skull as hell. Because that's what hell is. Hell is only in your brain. The realm of hell is man's brain. 
And until you split your skull by Christ crucified through your heart and treasure it in your heart and let it sink down because you're upside down. You're not right side up. You're born upside down. So it actually goes down through the skull, which is the center of the earth because you've, you're flipped upside down, depolarized in the fall and you're just turning right side up now in the resurrection. You're backwards because we used to be able to fly like flying serpents of Isaiah 14, 29. So you, the whole polar shift of gravity will turn right side up as the sons of God manifest through the death in their own skulls. Oh, yeah, they could fly back then, couldn't they? Big time. Ancient aliens. <laughs> With flying devices. Even the wicked could fly back then. You know, the insectoids of Machu Picchu with their elongated skulls, even just 2,000 years ago, were flying from the tops of Machu Picchu and going down and eating villagers into their mouth. Jesus showed me when he was resurrected, one of the things he did was went and slaughtered the insectoids of Machu Picchu, killed them all, extinct. You know, he's David, so he's good at that, right? Hallelujah. Killing giants. Over 200 elongated skulls. They tested the DNA, and the DNA ain't human in those elongated skulls. <laughs> I love that stuff. Insectoids. So you got all kinds of fallen creatures down here that have been interbreeding with human beings for thousands of years. And so David, in a man after God's own heart, is a man after the purity of the bloodlines and the DNA of God the Father and the Lamb. And so the brass or the bronze serpent will go into the poison in your bones and will suck the poison out of your bones so that any insectoid or Neanderthal or reptilian or any um, Luciferian influence of the fallen angels whatsoever of all the weird things, dinosaur DNA. You could have all, you, you know, you're a mixture of all kinds of sin. The stuff that's in your DNA, half of it isn't from God. The issue is the bronze serpent can transmutate it so that you go back into angelic form out of whatever kind of creature you were in sin and in darkness. Now you're going to be the glorified version of that in light. So I get to be a, a red dragon. You might get to be a insectoid. You might get like the fly. You might be a unicorn. You might transform into a glorified beast, a living creature. Some of you might look human, which would probably be a real weak manifestation. <laughs> Some of you might transform into Aslan and become lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. Of course you'll be shapeshifters so you can change forms. The issue is, whatever you were in sin, you get transfigured into in righteousness. Haven't you learned that yet? We've known that in the basic elementary understanding of, well, I was a drug addict, so I meant to be on the new wine. You know, like my actions were evil and darkness, but we didn't go into the creature that did the actions. Now we're going into the creature of the actions. And what was the thing that did that sin? Some kind of disgusting, deformed demon. Mutilated horns, leathery, nasty skin, green skin, the wrong kind of eyes. <laughs> it is totally Egyptian and Sodom forms, which is a total mutilation of human DNA. And hum to be a human is to be a mutilation of God's DNA. So it's not like <laughs> you're, it's like, what kind of mutilation are you in the fall? Do you understand that? You are all completely and totally mutilated into the wrong version of what God originally designed you to be. But in Christ, the bronze serpent transforms that into a new creature. 2 Corinthians 5.17 If anyone is in Christ, he becomes a new creature. Behold, all things new. So new blood, new brain, new speech, new tongue, new wings, new eyes, new abilities new skills and so actually the redemption story is far deeper than just fire insurance it's far deeper than just doing the opposite and being good after you're born again i mean that's just really really stupid really foolish this is full-blown conquering of death in the bones and the extraction of all 
corrupted DNA, all corrupted seed, all corrupted bones and marrow, all corrupted brains, every cell and every brain. I mean, every part of you is constantly changing whether you know it or not. You're always changing. Are you changing into a creature? What does the Bible say in Romans chapter 1? Of the foul birds and the reptiles, and they chose to bear the image of creatures instead of the Creator. Guess what happens if you bear the image of the Creator? You might turn into the four-faced man. You might turn into the living creatures of the gospel. I mean, is not the Creator called a four-faced man in Ezekiel chapter 1? So if you're going to bear the image of God, that means you're not even going to look human at all anymore. And so these deeper realms of the Holy Ghost that we're trying to go into, the fallen angels reject it because it changes you entirely into something non-human. Non-human. And some of you are beginning to see into that realm and you're starting to see how can you be a serpent and it be good? The serpent nature is the closest animal nature to God the Father. Noah's Ark, days of Noah. Meaning it's the full redemption of the animal nature and the living creatures around his throne. <laughs> and the serpent was more cunning than any other animal. Don't you want to be more cunning than the other animals in the days of Noah when everyone's an animal entering the ark? The serpent is the ultimate animal. And there's nothing even close. It's the seraph of God. It's the closest thing to his heart. It's the closest manifestation to what the image bearing of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ was in the beginning. That's why the thing that related the most to them is what pulled them away from the Father. Come on. Adam was the son of God. Luke chapter 1. It is written in the genealogies of Christ. What was the Son of God, Adam? He was a flying, fire-breathing serpent. When he fell in ancient Mesopotamia, there are records that say Adam was a red man. A red man? A serpent man? It's true. But it's a seraph man, and so we haven't had the revelation of the seraph, and so we say, that can't be true. These crazy ancient Mesopotamia mysteries and all the things that they wrote down, they don't, they don't correlate with Scripture. They do. They do. They all fit together perfectly. And there's no confusion once you embrace the serpent nature on the bronze pole. And you see how the religious spirit is rejecting this message, and people are in denial that is the seed of the Pharisees in you. That's how the fallen angels stole your serpent seraphim nature in the beginning, is the very thing in these people's hearts and minds, robbing them of their inheritance as seraphim, winged snakes that breathe fire. Winged, you are a winged snake of hell that breathes devil's fire. That's true. Well, that's the full maturity of sonship, so let's see who gets there. Hallelujah. Either that, we can go back into buildings made by human hands. This stuff's too scary. I'd rather have the patty cake club. Listen, guys, I've sent the hunters, meaning you can't go back to church as usual. You'll find it doesn't exist anymore. Behind them is a wasteland, Joel says. In front of them is Eden. Behind them is hell, or the lake of fire. The realm of the seraphim is what it is. So as the seraphim nature of Jesus Christ, the serpent nature of God the Father, comes forth in the mature Christians in this planet, we are going to eat and devour every last thing on this planet. And what had the appearance of evil was actually the greatest good and the greatest glory of God the Father of all time. And so the schizophrenic psycho-Christians of religion will be proved wrong every single moment as they're eaten up by the true Christians who have carried their crosses, which is the final justice toward the religious spirit that caused the fall in the beginning. And the Christ serpent that ends the fall 
right now in this generation. In Jesus' name. Bless you guys with the winged serpent of hell to be greater devils towards Satan and his angels. In Jesus' name. You want to sow into your devilry? Sow into the size of your lake of fire hell? Give a generous offering to Jesus Christ <laughs> and his fire-breathing dragons at Retherman.com. We will see you on Tuesday. Amen. <laughs> Glory! Jesus Christ glory. <laughs>